Perfect. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, good evening. And uh, thank you for coming back, even though some of you knew I'd be here this evening. And uh, I appreciate it. And um, how many of you got a nap this afternoon or got a little bit of rest? Okay, a few of you. The rest are lying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, I, I got, I got, I, Pastor took me out, had, we had a wonderful lunch today. It was delicious and uh, close and dear to my heart. And you can ask him later what he fed us. But um, after that, I came back and I had to take a quick break. And I was, I was a little wiped out, but it was good. And uh, I was just remembering uh, back home. And by the way, uh, when I say home, to me, home is Argentina. And I'm mentioning, we do have a home base here in the U.S., but I don't consider it home. But back home, I was remembering uh, how how it was when I grew up there at the church and how Sundays were. Sunday was my favorite day of the week. And I get to be at church and and all kinds of exciting things going on at church. And I remember Sunday morning back in in Argentina on the church. Our church functioned a little different than most churches. And we would have have like... um, Children's church, if you will, Sunday school in the morning. There was no uh, adult service in the morning. There didn't used to be. There is today. And, um, but there'd be children there, and they'd, they, we'd serve the children lunch and so on there in the morning. And I, I, there are different, different stages. I get to help with different things with that and a little bit and mainly just being there. And uh, then afterwards, um, we'd have to clean everything up. So our church down there is... It's probably, I haven't seen your gym, but I'm going to guess it's about the size of your gym. And that's our church building. And the same floor is used for every single thing in the church. That's all we have. And so in the morning, it's used for the children. And then we had to clean everything. And we, we clean it all up and get the chairs set up for the evening service. And uh, we get that done. And then we'd go play soccer. And uh, after that, we'd go play soccer for a few hours in the afternoon. And... Um, Right across the street from the church is a field a lot like yours out here, and I love seeing that there. And um, then uh, we'd come back and get showered up, and we'd have church. And uh, Sunday is a long day. Uh, our family, is, is Pat, being a pastor's kid and so on, would ruin the last ones to go home. And it was not uncommon to get home at midnight. And uh, down there, church service would probably start around 8 p.m., finish around 10. And then everything that goes on after that till you finally get home and 11, 11.30, 12, and it was a long day. Good day, exciting day, and, but today wasn't that long. I thank God for that, and I got to get a little bit of rest there. Let's turn your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. We have thoroughly enjoyed being here today. I, I really enjoyed the the campus here, it's very beautiful, very pretty, and uh, how it's laid out, the buildings, everything looks first class, and at least what I've seen, it all looks really good. If there's anything that doesn't look good, I haven't seen it. I'm guessing it all looks great, and uh, you all represent Christ correctly. I'm very very thankful for that uh, here, and, um, and then also enjoyed the, the, the covered uh, walkways. And you can kind of walk around just about anywhere and almost be under a roof just about anywhere. And that, that, I figured, I told Pastor today, it's probably really nice when it rains. And you can kind of walk halfway to your car at least and, and under a roof or, or whatnot. And, uh, but that's really nice. But we're going to look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. We'll look at verses 35 and 36. So Matthew 9, 35 and 
36. It says here, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given to us. We thank you for the privilege to be in your house, to be able to meet here in this place uh, together, uh, uh, openly, publicly, to worship your name, to have a time of fellowship, and now this uh, time in these next few minutes to be challenged from your word. Father, I ask you, please fill me with your spirit. Give me the words you'd have me to say this evening, and uh, let your message be uh, conveyed. We thank you, Father, for everything you've already done today. We give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise for what you will do uh, to come and, uh, and the next and the rest of the evening. We love you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. I'd like to talk to you a little bit this evening about, uh, in this passage, about being like Christ, to be like uh, Christ. And this passage, uh, Matthew 9, 35, I believe, in, in a form, sums up the life of Christ in a way. It's and all in one verse, what Jesus Christ was all about. When you read through the Gospels, uh, and I enjoy, I love reading through the Gospels. I never get tired of reading about the life of Christ and everything he did, the places he went, uh, the things he did, and, and all about Christ. When you read through the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus Christ uh, was uh, a man that was active about the things of God. Very, very active. And every time you read about him, he's doing something to advance his father's kingdom, doing something, whether, whether he's teaching, uh, maybe he's teaching uh, someone or he's preaching or healing, whatever he was doing, it was all to advance the cause uh, of Christ and, and, the, and his kingdom. And we look at this passage, and I believe this kind of sums it all up and breaks it down exactly what his life was all about. It says here, and Jesus... Went. So first of all, we see here, Jesus was taking action. Jesus was moving forward. Jesus was doing something. It says here, Jesus went. Where did he go? It says here, he went to all the cities and villages. Essentially, he's going to everywhere there's people. It says here, what did he do? He was teaching in their synagogues. He's teaching the word of God. It says he's preaching the gospel. He's telling people how they can get to heaven and healing every sickness. That would be translated to us today as doing good things for others. He was doing good things for anybody and everyone, uh, everywhere he went. And, um, and this is what Jesus' life was all about. And it was all centered around one single purpose, and that was to see his Father's kingdom advanced. It was all about that. And I think of Jesus, and I, I just I take a minute, sometimes I like to imagine Jesus in different scenarios. And I, I think about him um, on the hillside. And uh, as he's on the hillside, and he's preaching to thousands of people at one time. And what an incredible day that would have been, the, the different times he spoke to great multitudes. And uh, I think of Jesus, and he's everywhere he's going, he's, he finds someone with some sickness or some disease, or, and he'll heal them and take, a, take that, that, that illness away. And then I think of Jesus, and I think of, of, of the, the man that would go and uh, out of his way to reach one person, like the woman... Uh, at the well, or the maniac of Gadara. And he'd be willing to go out of his way just to get to one. I think of Jesus, and, and you think of him as he was consistently, over those three and a half years of full-time ministry, 
teaching his disciples, they, they, disciples in a group of, of Christ followers, if you will, Christians, uh, we could call them, they're following Christ at that time, and he's teaching them continually about God's word and the ways of God and so on. And we know that they went on to turn the world upside down afterwards. Here's the life of Christ. This is what we see of the life of Christ. We see a man that was busy about the things of God. By the way, Jesus Christ was 100% man and 100% God. The only individual ever to exist with that status. Very unique to be, to be in both. And if you're anything like me, when you read about, maybe you're reading through uh, some portion of the, in the Gospels and, and you read about something that Jesus did, if you're anything like me, what I typically do is I dismiss it because I think, well, he was God. Yeah, he did a great thing, but he was God. And he did this, but he was God. And, he did and yes, he was God. But if you take it and you switch and you think, well, what if he was a man? And we think of him as a man, which he was, just as much as you and I here today, without sin. Your perspective changes and you start to see things from a different light. And if you look at this passage and you see what Jesus was doing as a man, you'll see here the example Jesus was leaving us. The example of how we should live. Jesus is a supreme example of how we are to live today. And we, we all look up to different people and follow different people. And you follow your pastor here, and, and you should. And, and we, we, we respect different people. And, uh, but the greatest person we should look up to, the greatest person we should follow, and his example is this man, Jesus Christ. And we, we should be continually in God's word and searching and, and learning more about Christ and how he lived and what he did. And this passage, it tells us here he was busy about the things of God continually. I think of Jesus here in this setting, and then I pause and I think of how does my life represent Christ? How does your life represent Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about you saying, well, I'm a Christian or I go to church. No, how do the day-to-day, the way we live, does it really reflect what we see in Scripture? Does it reflect? Does the world look at us and they see there is a Christian? Not because they, we, they, they know we go to church, but because they, they see something different. Does the world see something different in us? The Bible says we are to be like Christ. And there's another passage, I don't have it written down here. It, it tells us, by Jesus Christ says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And we know he's talking about the cross, but he's also talking about our personal life. If we live a Christ-like life, we will draw others through us to him. And it's the greatest way, by the way, to, to evangelize the world. The greatest message we can speak is with our lives. How many of you heard that your, your walk talks louder than your talk? Right? We've heard that, right? We all growing up, we hear these, these sayings, and it is true that what we live talks way louder than what we say. And sad to say, for many of us, we've, we say with our mouth, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, I, 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 I go to X church, and so on and so forth, but our life doesn't reflect Christ as we see in this passage. 
And you say, but Benjamin, why is that? Well, let's look here in, in this passage. It says here, and Jesus went. Jesus was busy. He's going to every city, every village, and he's uh, teaching in the synagogues. He's preaching in the gospel. He's, he's looking for every opportunity. He can teach the word of God, every opportunity. He can maybe share the gospel with someone, every opportunity. He can do someone, something good for someone. And this was Jesus Christ, not on Sunday, but Monday through Monday. Monday through Monday, every single day. You don't see, you won't find in Scripture where uh, Jesus went uh, to the synagogues where they went to worship at that time, and he was uh, religious, if you will, on Sunday or Saturday, and uh, then Monday through Friday, he just did whatever. You won't find that example. It's not in here. I challenge you, look for it. Yeah, so today, and today I've found that so many Christians, we, we come to church on Sunday and we're good people and we have good intentions, but yet Monday through Friday, we kind of, we don't necessarily maybe drop off the deep end and go live, live a terrible life of sin, but we just kind of, uh, we, we fade out and we're just not quite tuned in. And we're not quite focused on living a Christ-like life. And, we, and we, we live Monday through Friday for ourselves. We get so consumed with, with our jobs and our careers and, and, and our retirement and, and, and then this and that and all these different things and, and not bad things, but we lose focus of what we're really here for, which is to be like Christ, to see the kingdom advanced. We see here this example of Jesus Christ, he's busy about the things of God. And then look with me as we move forward here in verse 36. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So here, here's a pattern. You'll see this pattern here. First of all, we see in verse 35, Jesus went. Jesus was busy, right, about the things of God. And then at some point in why in his ministry, I don't know exactly, I haven't studied it in depth to know the exact point and time on his ministry. But at some point, while he was busy, very obviously, about the things of God, it says here, he saw the multitudes and was moved with compassion. He saw the multitudes and was moved. He saw the multitudes while he was busy and was moved with compassion. You might, we're here starting off Missions Month here and, and trying to, to draw an emphasis on, on getting the gospel to the world. And, and I, 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 I'll tell you today, if you're not already busy doing the work of God, everything will come in one ear and go out the other and it won't mean anything to you. You'll see the videos you saw this morning of the Argentine people and people, the, the, many of them probably still alive today, probably without Christ. And, and you see, and it means nothing. Others of you today, you're moved. You want to do more for God. You want to, you maybe take a mission trip. You want to give more. And, and the difference is the ones that were moved are already busy. Amen. You're already doing something for the cause of Christ. And, the, and if you weren't moved and, and you, you say, but I, we heard preaching all this morning and, and, and different times and, and so on. And, and I it just... It doesn't really mean anything, and I don't really get this whole thing about missions and why do we got to give all this money and send it around the world and things. And the, the, the key factor that's missing is we're lacking to take action. By the way, the Christian life is designed to be lived by faith, not by emotion. The Christian life, as, as, as God designed it, is designed 
to be lived by faith. Benjamin's simple definition of faith is, is stepping out, is taking action, moving forward on the unknown, trusting God for him to take care of him. Taking action, moving forward for the cause of Christ is a simple definition of faith. And, and God designed us to be m- continually moving forward, reaching more people, doing more, more involved in our church, doing uh, growing in the Lord, and, and, and so on and so forth. And, and then we can have the emotions come. But sometimes... Uh, you, you might be waiting for to hear the, the, a great message to be moved or, or see a really incredibly put together video that you see and you, man, I'm moved to do something. I want to serve God. And God didn't design it to be that way. God, if we see from this passage here in verse 35, God wants us to be moving forward each and every day, doing what? It says here, going to everywhere there's people. That's, by the way, that's here in town. And that's in Argentina, and that's in China, and that's everywhere. It's going where there's people, teaching the word of God, uh, preaching uh, the, the gospel, and doing good things for others. We should be doing that every single day in some form or another. Every single day. And if we're to be Christ, like I'm going to illustrate this and tell a story, and uh, we'll, we'll close this evening. When I'm at home, which isn't very often anymore, because uh, we're full time on the road, and uh, but when I'm at home, I've I've uh, I found out I have a little bit of an obsession with clean floors, and I like the the floor of our home to be clean, and um, and my wife does a great job of, of keeping everything clean and organized and nice and nice and tidy and so on. But once in a while, I see a a, a little piece of dirt on the floor, and I might see that piece of dirt and I. Honestly, the first time I see it, I try not to think about it. I don't want to worry about it. I don't. I, I got more important things to do than to worry about a piece of dirt on the floor. Uh, but I might see it once, and then I, I might see it a second or third time throughout the day. And then at some point, it starts to get on my nerves that this this little piece of dirt, this this crumb or whatever it might be on the floor, and it needs taken care of. Okay, so I, I will go and get the vacuum out, and I will start vacuuming this uh, little piece of dirt here. And while I'm vacuuming this piece of dirt, I notice uh, over there there's some more. So what am I going to I'm not going to stop here and put the vacuum away. I'm already doing something, right? I might as just do a little bit more. So I, I clean up this little piece over here, and then I notice over there there's some more. So I just keep on going. And, and at this point, I'm searching the floor. I'm like, man, I'm going to get all of this so I don't have to do this for a while, right? And I'm, I'm vacuuming. I'm vacuuming. Where, where's, and I make sure, and I keep seeing little pieces that, and, that I never saw before that I didn't see, and I get, I take, get them all taken care of, and, and I, I'm, I feel great after it's all said and done. Does that happen to anybody here? Okay, a few of you. A few of you identify. All right. And um, so here's the moral of the story. I saw a need that needed taken care of, and I started taking action to do something about it. And while I was taking action to uh, pick up that little piece of dirt, I realized there's more, and I was moved to compassion to do more. The cause of Christ, the Great Commission, is more than a need. We heard this morning, Scripture commands us to go. It's a command to go to the whole world. It's more than just a need. I don't need to show you a video. I shouldn't even need to say anything other than there's people live in X place, and it should be automatic. There's a need. We've got to do something about it. 
There, there's, there, there's a, a need, and God doesn't want us to get to this point where, man, I really feel like serving. I really feel like giving more. I really feel like praying today. God wants us to start moving forward by faith, taking action to take care of that need to get the gospel to the world. And when we start to move forward and we, we start to take steps out and, and, and start going forward for Christ and start praying more and start asking God, God, what, what more can I give uh, for the cause of Christ? How can you use uh, me and, and give me more, more money so that I can invest in, in, in the cause of, of, of worldwide missions in our church here and so on? And, and, and God, what, what, what can I do? How can I serve more here? Uh, uh, God, would you please show me? I want to be used of you here in my church to see your kingdom advance. And we start to move forward take steps of action right and i guarantee you when you're moving forward then your heart starts to be moved with compassion you start seeing needs that you never saw before and you want to do even more and you're excited and you're pumped up and man i want to do even more another example we'll go out and knock on doors and um many times when it comes time to go out and knock on doors invite people to church share the gospel message i don't feel like going out now, you might say to Benjamin that, that you're the missionary, you're, you're spiritual. And so you know, I'm human just like you. And I don't necessarily love to talk to people about something they don't want to talk about. And uh, so typically when it comes time to go out, maybe on a Saturday morning or Friday afternoon or whatever it might be, and uh, I don't necessarily, most days, I don't feel like, man, I really want to go tell people about Christ today. Now, I, that should be the other way around. We should all the time... Would have a be pumped up to tell people about Christ, but honestly, we're sinners and and, and we we don't naturally have that desire. But uh, many times, out of obedience, I'll go out and 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 start and start go knocking on doors. And after a little while knocking on doors, I start getting excited. I start seeing, hey, you know what? I, I knocked on this door here, and um, by the way, in Argentina, we clap our hands. And it's tradition there, and people come out, and, and I might get to open the Bible, and, and I'm sharing the gospel message, and, I, and they might receive Christ, they might not, but I might see in their eyes that they're soaking all this in. They really need to hear this message. I get excited, oh, man, if one person wants to hear, sure, there's someone else down the street that does. Why don't we go for another, let's go to another few houses. Let's, let's go another block. Let, let's, let's, let's see who else we can find. And maybe someone receives Christ as their Savior. Man, I'm excited. Let's go find the next person. Or maybe, as so many times has happened, you knock on a door, that door opens, and instantaneously you know Satan is rigging that place out. If you've, if you've been out and knocked on doors, you know what I'm talking about. And I don't know about you, but when I see that, I move with compassion. Like Jesus, when he saw the multitude, I want to do more. Because I know my, my God can give a victory over uh, the, the sin and the problems in that home and the, and the bondage of Satan in that place. I know my God can give victory. I've seen him do it. And I want so bad to want to do more. And, and my heart longs to want to try to help these people. How can I do more? How can I pray more? How, how can I serve more? But where did it all start? It started with action. It started with stepping out by faith and saying, you know what, I might not really feel like it. I might not really understand. I might not really know, but I'm just going to move forward because it's the right thing to do. And then the emotion comes. It says here in our passage, Jesus, first he went. And then in verse 36, he saw the multitudes and was moved with compassion on them. 
Scripture tells us in Matthew 6, 33, you don't need to turn there, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We're to seek God's kingdom. First Colossians 3, 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. God wants us to continually be moving forward for the cause of Christ. If I could say, and a personal challenge, the cause of Christ is greater today than it ever has been. There's 8 billion people today in the world. 8 billion. But yet, Christianity is shrinking a little bit at a time. Shrinking. Shrinking. Less and less. Church is closing. Church is running, run, have beautiful facilities, but less and less and less people in the, in the pews. In the chairs. Less and less uh, dollars are being sent. We heard the statistics, by the way, incredible. This morning blew my mind of, of how much uh, uh, of Christianity's money is actually being used to evangelize the world. I don't remember what it was, but it, it blew my mind. It was so small. And what, what's that tell me? It tells me we, we as the, the Christian church, as, as the so-called uh, Christians, and we have the truth and, and so on, and, and, and praise God for that. We are doing less and less today than probably ever. We're doing less to evangelize the world. We're, we're taking less and less action, and we're, 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 we're taking steps back, and we're getting in the comfort of the life, the great life that God allows us to live as Americans. And praise God that we get to live a comfortable life here. I'm very thankful for that. I get to, I get to experience things my parents never did at my age, never. Oh, and I thank God for that. But we shouldn't just settle into that, and we need to be looking, say, God, you've given me so much. How much more can, I, can, you, can you use me to see the gospel go forth? How much more can you give me so much talent? We have so much education in this country, and some of the best education in the world is here, but yet how much of it's actually going to the world for the cause of Christ? Not for, the cause, uh, not for the cause of starting a school or, or, or building a, a hut somewhere. And those aren't bad things, but for the cause of seeing the gospel advanced. How much of us is actually consumed with being as Christ was? Moving forward, taking action. Moving forward, we need to be taking action today. I'll tell this story, <clears throat> and I'll close this morning. 2017... Um, by the way, a few of you are, were left uh, hanging this morning on when I actually moved back to the U.S. I moved back in 2014 to the U.S. and uh, was living here. But 2017, I took a trip, as I would every year, back to visit family. And uh, after being there with uh, family for a few weeks, I was on my way back here, and I was in a different part of the country, and I missed my flight. Anybody ever missed a flight? Okay, a few of you, right? And it's, it's no fun to miss a flight. You know, you're, you're in an airport, and there's something about airports is fast-paced, but you just want to get home. You want to get to your destination. And, uh, and sometimes due to weather, different things, you miss your flight. Well, in this particular instance, I missed my flight, and it wasn't until a week later that I can get on the next flight. So um, I called up a missionary there in the city, and he come pick me up. And I got to spend that week with him and had a wonderful time at fellowship and, and so on with his family and got to see how God was using him. And it was an exciting time. But I remember the, the next day after he picked me up at the airport, he said, Benjamin, how about we go out and let's go and, and, and um, go soul winning? 
and to go invite people to church and so on. So I said, you know, why not? I really don't have anything better to do. Let's go. So we went out and uh, we went to neighborhood and we started uh, 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 typically, like I mentioned, clapping our hands in one house at a time and people would come out. We get to show uh, people how they can know for sure they'd be with God someday. They die. And uh, I remember that, that week, uh, Pastor, it was, it was such a unique thing. It's never happened to me before or since. That week, we, we knocked on doors for roughly uh, four hours a day for roughly four days that week. And uh, we couldn't get out of four square blocks. Four square blocks. Reason being is these people really wanted to hear. Every single house, or well, almost every single house we go to, people would, would welcome us. They, they were very attentive. They really wanted to hear. It was exciting to see what God was doing that week and to, to see uh, a, a several come to Christ and, and um, heard the afterwards of the results as, as different uh, people started attending the church and so on. And it was, it was such an exciting time. And I remember after, <clears throat> after this, after the, during the weekend, and it was all said and done, and we're, I was about to, to leave, and the missionary said, but I want to show you the city God's called me to serve. And um, a city of about a million and a half people. So we went out to tour the city. I remember we started on the, on the south side of the city and started driving up the interstate. And as he went up the interstate, I remember he pointed off to his left and he said, Benjamin, I want you to look over here. Here uh, is a section of the city where there lives a quarter million people. And uh, to my knowledge, they've never heard a clear gospel presentation. I remember we went on that day for a while and then we get to the middle section of the city or so and he points off to his left again. He said, Benjamin, why don't you look over here? Here's another section of the city where uh, there lives about 250,000 people. And to my knowledge, the vast majority probably never heard a clear gospel presentation. I remember that day we went on, and that evening we get to the far north side of the city. And uh, this time he, I said, Benjamin, I want you to look to your right. Look off to your right. Here's another suburb of the city where there lives about 230, 250,000 for the third time. He said, I don't think they heard. I remember that day I went back to his house, the room I was staying in. I remember crying out to God. I remember questioning God and, and asking God, God, why? Why? Why are these people here? They want to hear. I know they want to hear because we were, we were talking to these people this week in this city, and they want to hear, but yet we can't get to all of them fast enough. And I, I remember asking God after a while, God, I don't understand. God, God, it's not fair that these people want to go to heaven, but yet no one's here to tell them. My heart was broken. I remember after a while in prayer, God brought this verse to mind. If you look in your passage further down here, a couple of verses, verse uh, 37 says here, pray ye, uh, verse uh, 37, then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but, what's it say? Labors are few. The harvest is plenteous. It, is, it was then, it was when Christ said it, it's plenteous today. It's, it's as plenteous or more plenteous today. The harvest is plenteous. The harvest is ripe in many places. And I remember God brought that verse to mind. He said, Benjamin, you know what the problem is? The problem is not that I don't love those people. You see, Jesus Christ, he's already paid the price on Calvary. 
He's already done his part. The love of God is so great we can't even describe it. For God so loved the world. He's done his part. He sent his son to be sacrificed on the cross. And, and the three days later, he risen from the dead. And, and he, he's, he's done his part in that sense. And yet he continues to do his part today through his Holy Spirit that speaks to us. How many of you have had a little voice inside say, hand that person a track. Tell that person about me. I guarantee you that's not your voice. Because we don't naturally want to tell people. And I guarantee you that's not Satan's voice. Satan don't want you to tell people either. If you hear that voice, it's the voice of God. God continually works today in our hearts each and every day, pulling and tugging and begging us to serve him, begging us to live for him, begging us to do more for him, begging us to just give our lives for him for the cause of Christ. I think the reason, the main reason why is hell is a real place. We don't like to think about it, but it's a real place, a literal place. I remember that day Jesus, uh, God brought that verse to mind. He said, the labors are few, and he pointed his finger right at me. He said, Benjamin, the problem isn't me, the problem's you. See, that time in my life, I was living here in the U.S. I, I wasn't necessarily living in sin. I wasn't running from God. But I was living life the way I wanted to live it, doing what I wanted to do. And uh, I, I lived a very comfortable life uh, doing things I loved to do and, uh, and so on and so forth. And I was, I was a good person. Honestly, probably most of you here tonight, good people. And uh, I was a good person. I was in church every time the doors were open. I was faithful to give. I was faithful to serve and, and different things. But yet, down deep in my heart, I was detached from what God really wanted me to do. And God had made it clear I was to serve him in Argentina years before. And I was just kind of kept pushing that. Off to, God, I'll do that later. I want to live life for myself first. And God pointed his finger at me that day. He said, Benjamin, the problem isn't me. The problem is you. Labors are few. You know why the labors are few today? Because we're not willing to surrender to God. We're not willing to say, God, here am I. As we heard this morning, send me. Use me, God. What do you want from me? God, you, you, want, you want more of, of my time? God, do you want me to spend more time in prayer? God, do you want me to hand out a track at the gas station? God, do you want me to speak to my coworker? God, God do you want me to do this? God, do you want me to, to give more here at the church or give more to missions through the church here? God, what do you want? We're not willing. We hold back. We think, we think that we got life under control and we think, man, we, we got life made and we're living a good life and everything's, everything's fine and everything's smooth and, and, and if I just keep going the way this is and everything will be just great. And maybe so, maybe not. But I guarantee you, if, if, if the, by doing so, there's people around the world that will die and go to hell. Somebody, more than somebody, I guarantee you, Somewhere in the world is depending on what you're going to do over this month. Many people actually will depend on what you do, not as a church, yes, as a church, but as an individual. What you'll do, what you'll decide to do over the course of this month for the cause of eternity, for the cause of worldwide missions. They're the life of someone's eternal life is at stake somewhere around the world. Yet it's sad that sometimes we're so closed and so just 
full of ourselves that we, we can't break out. And the reason being is we're not already taking action. I guarantee you uh, today, if you're already doing things for God, you're already busy about the things of God, and your, your heart is warm, and you want to do more, and you're, you're, you're excited, and you're, you're emotional, and you, you can't wait to commitment, missions giving commitment comes at the end of the month, and you want to you give more, and you want to do more, and, you, and you're asking God, God, could you please bless me so I can do more? That's what God wants from all of us. And God wants to use all of us in supernatural ways, but we all got to be start taking that step forward, and that step can be different for all of us. We're all different stages in our walk with God. For many of us, or from all of us, really, the most important thing is, I believe, when we get up every morning, say, God, here am I. Would you use me today? God, I want to do your will today. If we just start a day and say, God, would you please use me? I think about these people in this city, in this one instance, and I look back on it, and I think about the story. Here's, here's the connection to the story. I, I believe in the bottom of my heart that week, if we had not gone out and knocked on doors, Pastor, if we would have just had a good time of fellowship, gone sightseeing, whatnot, there'd been nothing wrong with that, and we would have not gone out to try to evangelize, and he would have showed me the city, I believe from the bottom of my heart, the words out of my mouth when he showed me that would have said, I would have said there's need everywhere, which is a true statement, by the way. There is need everywhere. It wouldn't have affected me one bit. It would have gone in one ear, right out the other. Yeah, there's need everywhere, so what? Who am I? Who am I amongst, you know, hundreds of thousands of people? Who am I amongst eight billion people? What, what, what's my life amount? And we just dismiss it and move on and go about our life. But here's the only difference. I believe from the bottom of my heart, we were moving forward. We were taking steps of action. Little, little stuff, what we knew to be right. We, I could look back and you could criticize and you could, you could say all you wanted, how you should have done this or that better. We could have maybe done a million things better. But we are doing what we knew to be right at that time, what little we knew, and we're taking that little step forward of trying to knock on someone's door, trying to tell someone about Christ, and in doing so, God moved me with compassion. And that led to me being here today. And, and, and it, it's, it's, it's all connected. We need to see in this passage, first of all, we need to be, to be like Christ. We need to be moving forward. We need to be busy about the things of God. And then when we're busy about the things of God, God can move us with compassion. The emotion can come. The feelings can come. And then God can use us in even greater ways. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this evening. Father, you know I'm the first person to fail in these areas. The very first here. This message is, if for no one else, is for me. I don't know anyone here, but I believe this is what you wanted me to preach tonight. I can't help but think, Father, many around the world that are living a life without you. Down deep in the heart, they love to know the true God. They love to know that there's a place in heaven that they could have if they just put their faith and trust in Christ, but they don't know. Faith cometh by hearing, your word tells us. Hearing by the word of God. 
They won't hear unless someone goes. They won't hear unless we're taking steps forward and make sure they can hear whether they're across this town, across the world. Lord, would you please use this message? Would you please bless this church in a wonderful way over the course of this next month? Work in a special way here. I believe you want to, you're already using them. You want to continue to take wonderful church on to new heights, the cause of Christ, and use them in very, very special ways. I'm excited to see what you'll do in years to come. Lord, thank you for everything you've already done. We ask your perfect will might be done. We love you, Father. Pastor.